Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the Riptide. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy. Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, cretins. Travis, you're going to need a saying of some kind. Yeah, yeah it's going to suck anyway. Hey, guys. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Yes, welcome. <laughs> We're here drinking beer, answering questions. I mean, what else should I do with my life? Besides drink beer and answer questions. Usually the questions are, are you going to drink more beer? Don't you think you have enough? <laughs> yeah. could, you, could you actually, you know, do something useful? Can you help around? Can you, you know, stuff like that, I think. Those are the questions I hear most, I think. And are you going to take the trash out? Right. Do you guys not get those questions? Uh, <laughs> no. Just me? You're afraid to say. That's what Correct. it is. Correct. <laughs> Look at you guys. See, I am an open book. I'm an open kimono. I am fully <laughs> exposed in my in my uh, my life to, to all of you. I I'm a sharer. Is what I am. That's valid. And as this is being recorded, I refuse to share at the moment. <laughs> oh yeah. You know. You know who's also a sharer. Our good friend, John Blakeman. That's a fact. He right. shares all the time. Right. Sometimes TMI. Little, little, a little bit. A little too much. A little too much. Uh, but generally, I think he's just kidding. Uh, but he shares his vast knowledge of uh, engineering to craft some of the best brewing equipment out there, whether you're, you're looking at something, you know, uh, you're, you're starting out, you don't have a huge budget, got the anvil series. Every bit is solid. Every bit is good. Make great beer on it. But if you got a little extra coin to spend and you want to go with the fancy stuff that makes your, uh, your brew day a lot more fun and, uh, you know, automated or easier, better. Um, they've got that too. And if you take the ultimate step, the one that people warn you about in, uh, in programs like this. Uh, if you take that step to go commercial, he's got that shit too. He's got whatever you're looking for. Uh, and, you know, they're Blickman Engineering, quality guys, quality equipment, uh, great knowledge of brewing and engineering. Uh, check them out, BlickmanEngineering.com. Uh, they've been paying for the show, so you don't have to. So the least you can do is check out their website. And uh, give them an email, uh, feedback at BlakemanEngineering.com. Tell them how much you appreciate that they pay for the show. All right. Today, we are um, doing more uh, uh, of your questions. We're, you know, 49 episodes away from catching up. 48, yeah. maybe. I don't know. We're, we're, we're getting there. Um, but we, we want to leave, leave no question behind. We are, we are going to uh, make sure we, we answer all of them. Um, one of the things you can do if you're listening live is you can get in on that, uh, that, that chat room there and, uh, there's live chat or I don't know if you in the comments section, there's, there's, there's a bunch in there. Uh, let's see here. Bye brew. Yeah. We hope to see you in, uh, the Mamo at the, uh, at the craft beer conference again. I would love to be there. I've missed the last few for various health reasons and I'm dying to go back. Uh, Tony asks about, he's, he's in the military. He's, uh, 
for 20 years. He wants mm-hmm. to turn his passion into a career post-retirement. What's your recommendation for how to get started in the field of brewing? Are there certain things I should be working on to help translate home brewing into professional brewing? Bunch of money. <laughs> well, you know, it, it doesn't take a huge amount of money if you're careful. What it takes is, you know, your ability to, um, uh, you know, manage what money you have properly. You know, y- you can't start out with a little bit of money and buy, you know, a giant fermenter and then go like, oh, I don't have money for the brew plan or whatever. You have to like map things out. You really, you know, doing a lot of pre-planning, you know, deciding on what size you're going to do, all that, and how much money you're going to need. Uh, you know, if you were to take any classes at all, if you're, I tell people this all the time, you know, be an award-winning home brewer, been brewing for decades, won every award possible, uh, you know, done a lot of, you know, uh, brews at, at commercial breweries with, with friends, learned a lot about the industry. What you need to do is take some business classes because that's what's going to put you out of business is not knowing how to uh, run a brewing business. It's a business after all. And if you can't make the dollars work coming in and going out, you will fail. doesn't matter how good your beer is or how bad your beer is. You'll fail on the business end. So you got to make sure you got that locked down. And then, you know, the brewing thing, it's kind of, customers are kind of forgiving. The beer we were making when we first started is nowhere near as good as the beer we're making now. It's taken us a decade to get to this point. And I fully admit the beer we're making back then, I wouldn't serve now. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. I think we're closer to the great end of the scale than we are to the horrible end of the scale now. So it takes time, but you know, people will be forgiving of that. They're like, yeah, okay. You know, you know, some beers are better, some beers, you know, not their cup of tea, but eventually you get there. But the, the dollars and cents are not forgiving. So get yourself uh, some business knowledge. Uh, Ryan asks, uh, what's the watch out for using wet hops? Um, well, now they're working on, so they're doing a, we were talking to uh, Brian at YCH <laughs> and uh, he says they've come up with a way to like uh, freeze them. Yeah. Hops. And so they're going to be available more often than not. I mean, the, the watch outs are, it's seven to one weight of wet on those hops. So you can't just use the normal amount of hops you're using. You need seven times the amount. And um, just be careful that you don't get way too, you know, green and chlorophyll-y uh, character. Uh, Jimmy asks, I know it's been nearly a year since the spices episode. Just curious if you ever worked out anything as a garam masala spiced pumpkin beer. I have not. Me either. Sounds like a great idea. All right. Mm -hmm. Let me copy that. I should have done this uh, the first time. Let me paste that. And then uh, I'll put that on our beer ideas. It probably is still there, but, you know, uh, sorry. Uh, Rich asks, uh, hey, Jamil, how the hell are you? Uh, I'm still alive. I got all sorts of uh, medical problems, coughing my lungs out. I don't have COVID, but I got other lung problems. Mm. Heart problems. It really sucked. I had another CT scan last night. Mm. Gotta go for some other tests uh, tomorrow. Yeah, it sucks. CT chest uh, scan on your chest? Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. I've got these gross on my lungs, my heart, other organs like cancer, but not cancer. Yeah, it's fine. I'm still alive. Uh, sucks. It's draining the life out of me, but Hey, I can still drink. There you go. Uh, let's see. Um, Henry is saying it sucks. Ions ASAP big H2O units are plastic seltzer based unit are stainless steel, but our ion loaded solution. I think he's referring to the show, uh, to our previous show where we were talking about RO, RO units and corrosion. 
and storing RO water in stainless steel. I think he's agreeing with this that uh, plastic's preferable. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, add in some some ions to uh, decrease the corrosion potential. Ron's asking if you guys are brewed with spruce tips. Do you have any good recipes for a nice winter ale? I haven't actually brewed with them because um, we don't have spruce tips readily available here in LA. Um, you don't? Eh, not, not so much. No. There's not a guy named Spruce that has some tips for you? No. I had some very nice spruce tip beers over the years. Um, but uh, so yeah. um, recently, I, I think, you know, you go back through the QA, I'm pretty sure. I went over in a fair detail about spruce tips. I think so. So somebody had a question about, uh, you know, there's various kinds of spruce tips that are out there, um, depending on the, on the, the variety of tree. And, you know, there's more, you know, East coast, there's not a whole lot in, uh, in, uh, you know, the area that John's in. Alaska is better for them. Depends on how fresh they are. And, uh, you know, you want the younger, the younger buds and the, and the, and the tips and, uh, you know, the volume use it's, it's a lot like hops. Um, uh, but you know, you don't want the old woody stuff. You want to go with the fresh, uh, uh, fluorescent green. There you go. Uh, William's asking, are you guys coming to homebrew con in Pittsburgh? I have no idea. When is homebrew con in Pittsburgh? Must be next year, twenty twenty two. Is it the 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 BA's uh, homebrew the HA homebrew Is that we probably? Yeah, I I didn't know it was in Pittsburgh. I'd love to go. Mm-hmm. What I need is somebody to reach out to me and set up. Uh, one, it's got to be you know kind of post pandemic. I'm I'm a weak, delicate flower. And I need, uh, I need to be careful uh, Two, I need somebody to, you know, pony up some bucks to, to help me, uh, help me go out. To Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, but I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, if you, if you get me like a free, uh, conference pass, I'll speak you get a free conference pass for that. Right. Yep. That's right. And, uh, somebody buys me, uh, you know, like, uh, well, it's not Philly. So I, I, do they have cheesesteaks in Pittsburgh? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You got a different kind of sandwich in Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. You know, our, our good friends, the Hudicheks, drove to the Philly homebrew con. I bet they'll probably drive to the Pittsburgh uh, homebrew con as well. So you so could say I shouldn't go. You should. You should fly into Detroit, have them pick you up at the airport, and then drive you the rest of the way. <laughs> I'll be deaf by the time. <laughs> there. Have you, have you listened to them speak for, for more than uh, an hour? What, I tune them out. I don't know, just the first couple minutes. But If I brought uh, noise-canceling headphones, do you think they'd be offended? No, not at all. They would assume you're listening to their music. I love me some Hootie Jacks. I haven't, yep. I haven't had a chance to see them in a long time. Uh, Ron asks, how's Justin's new life in witness protection? <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I I haven't seen him, so uh, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, Ron says the Pope has no secrets. That is true. Another request for Williams says I'll pay fifty dollars for the updated, expanded, unabridged version brewing classic styles. John Blickman has been begging for this. Okay, um, yeah, I just need time to uh, make it happen. Uh, I'm gonna make a. All the shit we weren't allowed to put in the first one, like we're going to put in the second one. Right. Jimmy says, I plan to make a rice beer with that forbidden rice. Oh, no, Thai forbidden rice. Would it be beneficial to grind up the rice before I cook it or blend, smash it after I cook it? And can it be overcooked when the purpose is a beer adjunct? Well, overcooking might lose you some of the aromatics from the rice if you're intending to get that into the beer. Um, That's one of the values of the, uh, the forbidden rice. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, you could grind it up to get, to make it easier to, uh, to mash. 
more accessible. Is it just going to cook and then convert because of the uh, enzymes in your mash from your uh, base malt? Yeah, and it's the it's the well, it, it comes down to the same reason we crush our base malts. You, you get faster access of the enzymes to the interior of the starch. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's why we flake uh, other grains like mm-hmm. flaked rice, flaked wheat, and flake rice to get better access of the enzymes to the starches. So, yeah, it probably would be a good idea to crush or the crusher grind up the rice before cooking it um yeah it would convert faster in the mash right but it's gonna Uh, be really gummy uh lots of rice hulls jack says they have fried bologna sandwiches in pittsburgh ah that's a draw that sound bad i I have to admit that could be that could be quite delicious jack Um, Mm. uh, and william says so we'll see in pittsburgh next year get you some sandwiches and uh, keep let's do that updated brewing classic styles. All right. If you're listening live, feel free to add your uh, your your questions and comments in the in the chat there. Uh, if you're uh, listening in the podcast, well, enjoy these commercials, and we'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're answering your questions live, and uh, also if you email them into uh, uh, Brewing Network. Bruce Strong at the Brewing Network.com. Bruce Strong at the Brewing Network.com. See, I think, I, I think I'm losing my mind here. Uh, it's, it's getting to be a bit of a problem. You had John Blickman on your mind. That's all. So I was telling my wife, I went to the store, the grocery store. I'm like, pick up a few items and I need to get some cash from the ATM. So I go in and then I'm like, yeah, they didn't have some of the items I was looking for, I'll go to another store. So I go to another store and I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to look for those items. While I'm here, I should get some cash from the ATM. Well, I got cash in both places, about 10, 15 minutes apart. And <laughs> didn't realize that I had already gotten cash, got cash again. There you go. I don't yep. know. It's kind of. That uh, could happen to me. Right, right. I know. I'm just losing. I, I you know, the, the short-term memory is going into the uh, into the crapper here. The question is, did you tell Liz how much cash you had? I did. Well, I, I left her a, a pile. I'm like, here's 300 bucks. She goes, well, why? I'm like, I'd like to say that I was very thoughtful, and <laughs> your trip, you probably needed some more cash, so I got it for you. <laughs> But the reality is I'm just a <laughs> clueless idiot that staggers through life, uh, not realizing what he's done. And, uh, you know, there you go. That's, that's me. <laughs> yep. And so she just kind of looked at me. Nodded, Smiled. Yeah. yeah. My dumb husband. Yeah. She loves you like we do. <laughs> I see you guys nodding at me. Like she nods at me a lot of times. <laughs> say something and you guys like, mm-hmm, 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 sure. Uh-huh, yeah. I think people are afraid to counter me on stuff. 
They just humor me. That's I guess the way you guys are my 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 dearest friends is uh, you humor me. Right. 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 <laughs> Oh, Ben has a question about a beer gun. He says, I bottle from a keg using the beer gun. Once I bottle and cap the beer filled from the keg, does the bottle beer need to be refrigerated because the beer has already been cold or can it go back to room temperature for storage? Should always be stored cold. I don't know about this whole, yeah, in and out, you know, I think people become, uh, you know, used to seeing beer out warm in grocery stores and warehouses and all that stuff. It shouldn't be. It's food. Would you leave your food out in room temperature just because it won't get bacteria or it won't, uh, you know, kill you once it goes bad? It's still going bad a lot of times. You know, if you store it cold, it'll last for a long, long time. Your refrigeration is key. You know, the, the reason they do it is because, you know, beer's been pasteurized for, you know, big beer's been pasteurized for forever, and you can just leave it out warm. Tastes like crap in six months, but ah, who cares? Just leave it out warm. Who's, who wants to pay for refrigeration? If you spend all the money brewing this beer, buying the top quality ingredients, making sure that everything's perfect, put all your time into this, you know, you put in more time and money then it costs to just go buy good beer. You should refrigerate that thing. You know, you should keep it in the best of, of conditions and then you can enjoy it for a long time. Uh, I understand not everybody has lots of refrigeration, but feel free to like get rid of your spouse's car and put in a couple extra fridges, you know, do what Travis does, you know, don't allow anyone to park in the garage. Right. He's got his giant ice machine there. He's got, you know, he's got the cutout of the guy holding paint cans. Bobby Amer. Right. <laughs> That's right. Former uh, Saints great quarterback. It does, you know, he doesn't look recognizable without the, uh, uh, the helmet and the jersey. Oh, I could have sworn that was Vinny back there holding two paint cans. It does kind of look like Vinny. Those could be cans of... I'm going to say Blind Pig and Pliny. All right, let's call it Vinny and CV Grease. Vinny would crack up at that. He would think that's hilarious. I love Vinny. He's a good guy. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Ron wants to know, what is your go-to beer nowadays? You now-a-days. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, your go-to beer now? My yeah. go-to beer, um, Alasta Brewing um, Helmet Hellas uh, lately. Um, but also uh, Pizza Port's Chronic Ale, mm-hmm. which is very nice. Travis? Sorry, you're to have a sick ale. <laughs> Sorry, you asked me. Uh, other than homebrew, uh, stuff I send you, like the things that feature Sabro. But the most unique thing uh, right now is that that triple hop Google. It's just, it's an incredibly well-made beer and it just blows my mind. You sent me that and I've been waiting to crack it open uh, in the right circumstances. Uh, I almost brought it today, but uh, you know. Okay, John, what's your address? I'll send you one. Don't send him one. People yeah. send too much stuff already. I'll send him um, my go-to is actually Heretic's Cali IPA. Good West Coast, traditional, you know. No Sabro. No Sabro. It's, it's just a great West Coast IPA. Nice. Let's see. Jack has a question about Amnesia Juice at Heretic. Is it going to be available for a while, going to be a seasonal? It's a seasonal. We release it every fall. You know, uh, so there's 4th of Juicy, which is for 4th of July. That's like 14% hazy. Um, and then there's amnesia juice, which is 16%, which comes out, um, you know, late August, early September, uh, yeah, August comes out in August available for a month or two until we, we run through what we have. We make limited amounts. Um, that's an easy drink in 16 and a half percent. I'm going to tell you that is, uh, did I send you some, John? 
Mm, no, I don't think so. You just you just <laughs> can't remember. That's that's it. Yeah, no, I bought I bought the Evil Three, um, the Shallow Grave, and uh, the I think the Milk Stout. Um, but I didn't get the Amnesia Juice. Joanne says she agrees. She met Vinny at Big Beers in Vale years ago. Great guy. Yeah, Vinny's a, a sweetheart and wonderful person. She wonderful. agrees that that looks like Vinny. That it looks like Vinny, and Vinny would be holding paint cans. That's cool. <laughs> All right, massive quantities of of hop extract. Right. That's probably what it is. Well, and you know who else are nice guys? Good friends. RJ uh, and Josh. RJ at Brew Chatter. Absolutely, they are sweethearts of of folks. Uh, very knowledgeable. They run a great place there. If you get, ever get a chance, stop in. Let's get a bar inside the ta- in the, inside their their brew shop, where you can drink pints. Well, you know, it's not like just like give you a little sip of something. They'll pour you a pint, and you can you know uh, talk about brewing. You can check out all the latest gear that they got. You can get all you know, devise some uh, cool recipe while uh, while you're. Uh, while you're drinking, that's when the best recipes are written, if you ask me. So uh, check them out, Brew Chatter, brewchatter.com. They're they're in Sparks, Nevada, just, just to the east of Reno. Uh, really cool place, really cool guys. If you get a chance, support them. They, they support you by, by helping pay for this program. So uh, check them out. All right, another short break, and we'll be back with your questions right after this. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Going through the questions that you can email to uh, brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, let's see here. Uh, Brent can't get good head. Brent can't get get good head I've is made, he married or not <laughs> we don't want to get we don't want to get it so the question is is this better on your birthday or you know is it any time of the year it's not too much that was too much I look <laughs> too far. Uh, I have made your recipe raisin de, de saison uh, recipe twice and each batch has had very poor head retention. After the first batch, I went back and listened to the old Bruce Strong episodes looking for some advice. My second attempt, I increased the mash temp to 150 degrees, reduced the vigor of my boil. I was boiling the crap out of it, and I tried to transfer less yeast to the keg before carbonating. And still by, or still, my beer has very poor head retention. It tastes very good, looks great, but pours a small creamy head that dies fast. It's not my glassware because I can pour a Saison DuPont and have the creamy meringue head that lasts for days. Could it be my kegging practices, something wrong with my process? Uh, This is only my fifth batch and fourth all grain, so I'm very wet behind the ears, and any advice or suggestion will be greatly appreciated. This is from August 18th, 2015. (laughs) We jump right on these emails. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know if Brent has given up homebrewing or has figured it out, but uh, let's give him an answer, anyways. So, not the glassware. Okay. Um, he's shortened the boil because, yeah, overboiling can hurt your head retention. Um, would a would a traditional pale French Belgian malt would it be less modified and would have more of the proteins that give it head than what would get in the U.S. Um, that's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, see, it, Travis, uh, you know, making himself uh, useful there. Yeah. Here. No brewing company, Crescent City Connection. This is a uh, beer from Travis. Here. Ah. There's like a little spot of poop in here. Talk about how the top of the can is clean. You don't have to do anything to it, but there is a drop of <laughs> turd in there. Sorry. You were there. What um, the. I should pull up my copy of Brewing Classic Styles, but the Raison de Saison, does that uh, have any souring in it? Is or a wild yeast? No. 
no. package. No, straight. So it's not a not a proteolysis pH issue, like so, it can have some sours. Right. I think um, I think the the answer is this. Uh, especially on beers that may finish dry, uh, you know, if you get really good attenuation and you're counting on, uh, you know, the proteins and all that to produce the head, if he's getting a low, uh, fine head, which is what it sounded like he was getting, I would talk about, um, possibly just letting it sit in the keg and lager for some time. What I've found when I first made uh, 60 shilling Scottish ale, I would get like, you know, large bubbles, head dissipates immediately after letting it sit for a year. It's like this fine, tight, creamy head that wouldn't go away. Hmm. Nothing else. It sat in the fridge for a year and just became, you know, perfect. So sometimes, you know, just depending, you know, if you're trying to serve this too quick, you know, Saison is something that was laid up, you know, over time. And, you know, the Saison DuPont that you've gotten, I'm guessing is probably at least a couple of months old, if not even longer than that. If you let it sit in the keg, just let it sit and settle and give it time. I think that, you know, these larger nucleation sites that, and he may not have enough carbonation. He may be carbonating. Okay. Uh, like two five, he should be up more around three, three five. You know, higher carbonation. It looks if he's getting a fine, creamy head, and it's and that's lasting, then just up your carbonation, and then pour that, and you'll you'll get a bigger head that'll mm-hmm. last a bit longer. Um, if the if the head's dropping quickly, if it's building in large bubbles and dropping quickly, just let it sit. You know, let it lager for some time, and, and it, that'll fix get to it. get the micro particles to settle out. And maybe you won't have their nucleation and sites that get lead to the big bubbles. That could be it. Yeah. Let me ask you guys for a point of clarification that I hear a lot with Belgians. You've advised uh, hanging on that it stays on for a couple months. Um. Somehow everybody likes to age and brew saisons at like 80 to 90 degrees. And it's only that temperature in Belgium for a couple of days of the year. So when you say hang on to that saison for a couple of months, you think in 40s, 50s, 60s, 100? Uh, 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Lagering effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cold, okay. cold conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're going to want, if, if, if this micronucleation uh, idea is valid, you're going to want the colder temperatures to help that haze settle out and and uh, improve the improve the head retention that way. Another question from the uh, chat: Jimmy asks uh, another beer I plan to make is a raw or short boil no hop brown ale using Rima Quebec. Uh, that has bacteria to make a sour brown. The yeast is supposed to give off toffee among other flavors. Should I use any crystal type malts like Karamunic and crystal rye or keep the ingredients to toasty and roasty specialty grains? Well, it depends on what you're trying to make. For sour brown, I would try and it depends on the amount of souring, but I would try and balance it off with a bit of, you know, crystal or, you know, uh, uh, malt that'll give a a little bit of back sweetness to kind of settle it out. Um, I would avoid a lot of roasty because the acidity of the roast, the uh, acrid nature of some of the roast can really uh, be kind of brutal when you're talking about, um, uh, you know, the, the flavors in a sour. So it's very hard to make dark sour that has a great balance to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people may be like, Oh no, I want my sour really sour. You know, I keep hearing that, you know, Oh, it's an American sour. Take, take the enamel off your teeth. It's like, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of the classic sour brewers, you 
know, they all look for a little bit of balance to them. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think, you know, going with a little bit of that crystal malt may not be a bad idea. Yeah. I would, I would add some, no more than, uh, no more than half a pound per five gallons. Probably Javier, even a quarter pound. Yeah. Javier uh, asked in the chat, uh, pre-isomerized hops, thoughts, comments, concerns. Can I add a note on his question? Yeah. He didn't throw it in there, but uh, Javier does meads. Oh, he does meads? Yes. Ah. Hmm. Okay. So uh, hops for meads? Is that what we're talking about? Could be. But, yeah, I know. I know people are making hopped meads. Um. I think, I think pre-isomerized hop extracts are, are valid. Um, uh-huh. I mean, you know, when you're going to boil it yourself, that's fine. It, it's just another tool in the arsenal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, depends on, I, I, I think I would have a problem. So all the modern hop products that are out there, the oils, the pre-isomerized hop extracts, all this stuff, they're fine. I would have a problem if you made a beer that was strictly using pre-isomerized. So you took like a, you know, wort, fermented out, then you poured in the, the this hop extract and that hop oil, and you kind of like were chemically making a beer. You know, you're using it in order to avoid, you know, too much uh, green matter in your boil because you're trying to go with an intense bitterness and all this stuff. If you're using it as a tool towards making, you know, a great beer in a traditional beer making way, I think it's perfect. I, I think great, you know, use, use it all you want. But I think if you're just using it to shortcut and cheapen the process, then I have a problem with that. And I, I, I think that's the way a lot of people feel. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, I, I don't make much meat. I don't know how much meat you guys make, but they don't do like 60 minute boil, et cetera. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, in me, that'd be great. This thing seems like, uh, you know, uh, I think you, you get a slightly different uh, character than you do if you're like boiling hops. But, you know, it depends on what, what flavor you're trying to achieve and what it turns out to be. So it might, might be fine. <coughs> uh, boy, we, we got a lot of questions. We got backed up by the chat. Let's see, Lee, Limage. Uh, asks, uh, hi guys, I have read from Vinny Trilurso that he likes to dry hop twice. I believe Firestone Walker and some other breweries do this as well. My question is, is this worth doing at the homebrew scale? I racked to a corny keg and dry hop in weighted down hop bags suspended with dental floss. Is it worth doing two doses? I usually dry hop for at four ounces per five gallon batch. Okay, well, um, yeah, double dry hopping, triple dry hopping is a way to get the oil out without leaving them in there long enough to get the the more chlorophyll, green tasting uh, character out of the hops. Um, do you dr- double dry hop, Jamil? Uh, double, triple. Um, so we used to what we so what we started out as um, was based off of you know. Many years ago, Vinny was talking about double dry hopping. Mm-hmm. When's this question from? 1932 is when this question came in. <laughs> right. <laughs> October 2015. All right. Um, and, and back then, you know, he was talking about dry hopping multiple times, you know, and so you know, dry hopping for a few days, dumping those dry hops, dropping a few more days, you know, cause dry hopping was a week, right? Yeah. A week, two oh, weeks. No. Right. Let's, let's yeah. put that up into, you know, half of it or, you know, the same amount and we'll do it twice and we'll do it for three days and then we'll do it for three days. And so that's what we started out doing. And, uh, I was traveling, doing appearances and I came back and I tasted the, the beer, one of the beers. I'm like, this is different. And they're like, what did you guys do? And you're like, exactly the same. You're, you're dreaming. 
I'm like, no, you changed something. You didn't tell me and <laughs> you changed something. This is different than what we were doing before. They're like, it's exactly the same. I'm like, well, show me the brew sheet. And it's like, see, exactly the same. I'm like, no. So you only dry hopped once. I'm like, well, you're having us dry hop twice. It didn't really make any sense. It's like just having us take the same amount of hops and we split it. You're splitting it into two. We just put it all in at the beginning. I'm like, that's the problem. It tastes different. You, if you, so let's say you have 10 pounds of hops and you put in five, you wait three days, dump those. And then you put in another five, wait three days, dump those. And then you package. That's one beer. Let's say the other beer, you put in 10 pounds at the beginning, you wait six days, and then you dump them in package. The two taste distinctly different. I mean, I did it without even knowing, you know, what, what had happened. I could taste it. Yeah. yeah. So it, it definitely makes a difference. Um, you know, fast forward to today where instead of doing that, so we, we started doing that. Then we went to, you know, 24 hours and we would hop 24 hours, dump it, hop 24 hours, dump it, and then package because based on shell hammer and some of the other studies that have been done. Then we went to like 12 hours. (laughs) (laughs) I think we went to like three times and then we've gone to, um, recirculation for three hours, let it settle, drop it package. So, um, how much you dry hop, how you dry hop, the time you dry hop all makes a difference. It's not all equivalent. Even if the numbers are the same, the beer turns out completely different. So how, how are you dry hopping those beers that you sent me, Travis, your smash beers? that I like so much. I, I do a two day and a one day. And then, then I do about a 48 hour chill and transfer off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do use canisters and in a five gallon batch. That's, I think it's eight ounces of hops split up. It was easier when I was doing 10 gallon batches because it was a whole pound in your dry hop split up again, same way. So it's two days. I don't take it out. Add the other one. So I got a three day plus a one day effectively. Mm-hmm. And and you're right, man. If, if the hop's going to give you the charge, you're going to get it. You don't need a week to find out. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Three-hour recycle thing. It's surprising how distinct it is. Sean asks, uh, hi, guys. Does water high in calcium affect attenuation? My water profile looks like this. 99 uh, or 95 parts per million calcium, 29 parts per million magnesium, 32 parts per million sulfate, 65 parts per million chloride for my IPAs and pale ales. I like to get the sulfate up, but I'm afraid that adding gypsum will bring my calcium too high and encourage the yeast to flock out earlier than I'd want it to uh, for a very nice dry beer. Does high calcium press the issue of flocculation or just help it happen once the yeast is already would have decided to flock out? Hopes this makes sense. Yeah, so... You could add all the calcium you want, and that does not cause the yeast to flocculate early. It is an aid in the yeast flocculating. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So add all the gypsum you want. That that won't do it. Uh, Justin writes, love you guys in the show. Longtime listener here. Quick question. I just read your article at BYO Magazine on hazelnut flavor. I guess this is my article. Uh, can you recommend any specific product suppliers for hazelnut extract and or powder? I'm working on a hazelnut barrel aged stout and I want to nail the hazelnut flower flavor. Uh, looking to get a pretty hazelnut forward taste. Hoping to avoid the artificial flavor taste you get from many extracts. Any advice on quantity to use would be greatly appreciated as well. Keep up the great work. Uh, thanks in advance, Justin in Oswego, Illinois. Um, so we use uh, extract from man, man uh, on the East Coast. It's the one extract that tastes like actually tastes like hazelnut. They like steam process hazelnuts and drive the oil out that way. And it's, it's super expensive. The folks are difficult to work with. 
you have to buy in like uh, 15 gallons at a time, which is like thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Luckily, um, a lot of the homebrew shops, that's what they actually carry. Uh, so uh, what's the big uh, homebrew supply wholesaler? LD Carlson? Uh, or if it's FH Steinbarts. Steinbarts or whoever. Either well, Stein. Steinbart's West Coast, Carlson's East Coast. It's West Coast, Steinbart's, I think. They actually um, repackage that into small containers for homebrew shops and sell it to homebrew shops. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's the key. You need to trace it back to, to man's. Um, and what I should do is set up a little pump on one of our drums here, and you come in. You pass me like a 20 and you can take a few strokes off the pump, you know, into your container. Uh, it is really good. It is hazelnut. The other way that people do it that have had good results with is they, uh, there's places that press uh, hazelnuts and peanuts and other nuts to make oils. And then they have the remaining puck of stuff and you can use those and they sell those um, I think uh, East Coast and West Coast Uh, so you can try that but that one hazelnut it's insanely expensive but it's really good so um, there you go as far as quantity to use you have to it depends on the beer it depends on so many things you have to just uh, do you know some taste testing and see where you're at uh, I could give you a number, but it's it's gonna vary beer to beer. Once you know, you got to dial it in, depending mm-hmm. on what you're looking for. Might be a part two on that. Your CHP, um, how can I say this nicely? It has a great head. So your 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 hazelnut extract is not killing the head, which you're using. It, um, I mean, I guess the easy answer is find the stuff from man because it's excellent. See, Rod says, several times I've heard you guys express strongly held opinions regarding the flavor of mosaic hops. I can't <laughs> help wondering what life experiences have contributed to your familiarity with the taste of cat piss. For the record, I agree with you on this topic. I know. I love mosaic. Yeah. Oh, we're going to do a, uh, we just did a beer with brew chatter called uh, Mo Horny. Cause it's, it's, it's mosaic yeast or mosaic hops and the horn and horn and doll, uh, yeast. So we're going to call it Mo horny. And then, uh, I'm doing another beer called so much Mo. It's going to be hundred uh, percent mosaic. So I, I love mosaic. Uh, there's, I've talked to a couple people about that. Uh-huh. I think there's, there's a human perception, you know, individual perceptions come into play uh-huh. where to me, that compound smells like overripe fruit or rotting fruit. Oh, absolutely. To other people, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, hop growers have told me, ah, that was the early mosaic. It doesn't taste the same anymore. You know, the plants have matured and various growing conditions have changed. And it's different than what it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's... Uh... It's like if you got like a underripe peach, you know, people are like, yeah, it's this, this fuzzy thing that's hard as a rock and has no flavor. Mm-hmm. A nice ripe, juicy peach. It's like, oh my God, this is one of the greatest fruits in the world. Right. Right. It just depends on what you're getting. And also, you know, even then people may hate peaches because you know, stone fruit has a little bit of sulfur character to it or whatever mm. it is. Uh, you know, same thing on mosaic. Um, you know, people, you know, complain about it as being diesel and things like that. Um, I don't know. What's your, your take on it, Travis? What's, what's your thought on mosaic? You like it? Uh, it? Yeah. I'm in between. I'm, I'm, I'm middle of the road. It kind of depends on who uses it, how and when and, and, is the beer more or less than four weeks old? Because it kind of falls off the cliff a little bit. Mm. But uh, I mean, compared to other hops, I think it's an excellent hop. It's not my preferred hop, 
but it really is a quality hop. Um, and if people want diesel, there are dozens of Australian hops that we can show you what diesel is really about. <laughs> we have to make a diesel beer. Do you, or, do, or not. You, do you diesel, bro? There you go. <laughs> Quality beer name. Right. It depends on, you know, so many factors. Like we say, well, could be. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, James uh, asks, have you used any of the new hot products like Incognito, Flex, and Spectrum? I've heard of breweries claiming they use HDHC, high-density hop charge, that equate to up to 15 pounds per barrel of dry hops. Are these HDHCs a blend of products? Ooh, interesting questions here. We just did a beer with uh, Hopsteiner and uh, Alibi Brewing uh, at, at Heretic uh, that was all new products incognito flex spectra all the, all that stuff all the newest trendy things um it turned out good we really like it it's different because it doesn't have quite that uh kind of you know kind of tannic green uh background of regular you know hot material mm. uh, but it has great you know aromatics and flavor just kind of missing that that one uh, compound that hop aroundness yes mm-hmm. um so i like it and, and i don't like it I, th- I think those are tools to use i think those are all great tools to use uh along with your traditional brewing to get you to where you want to be i mm. would I would definitely look into them i wouldn't replace everything i do with them i think there's always a spot where you need to use, you know, at least some pellets and, you know, get that character into your beer because otherwise for me, it's just, I don't know, not quite there. Missing some. Yeah. And they'll tell you the same thing. They're like, Hey, no, this, you don't just use all this. You use, you know, it's a, it's a conjunction proportion. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll tell you right off the bat because they want you to make the best beer possible with their products. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they're not lying to you. They, they, they really know what they're doing. A lot of good scientists. Uh, James continues. I've heard of breweries uh, claiming the HGC high density fifteen pounds a barrel. Is it a blend of these products? Yeah, it must be because if you're using fifteen pounds a barrel, you are not netting really any liquid out of the beer. I mean, you could. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it must be, you know, $40 a can for 16 ounce can in order to do that. It doesn't matter what hop it is because you're not going to get a whole lot of liquid. Um, and I don't know if, if there's uh, brewers out there doing it. Um, oh, and he sends a link, uh, you know, contact me and let me know what the hell's going on. Yeah, that link says okay. something like a equivalent of 15 pounds per barrel. More yeah, citra so- than all citra. What is HDHC? We want to explore unnecessarily large hop additions using our new experimental Citra product, Citra Cryo, and regular Citra pellets. Right. So, yeah, they're using uh, some of the new stuff. Right. That's the case there. All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up right after this. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Uh, having a good time with uh, good friends, John Palmer, John Rock Candy Palmer, and Travis uh, TC. Something, something, TC. Tomble. That's. Eh, not as good as rock candy. <laughs> oh no. no, no claim at that. No, rock candy is a bomb. We're gonna have to come up with something new for you, Travis. John, if you get something approaching rock candy, I'm all about that. Okay, it's um, like rock candy, baby. Hard, sweet, and sticky. We will, we will, we will work on this. Sugar daddy. Sugar daddy. Uh, Tim, Tim writes. 
thanks where thanks are due. Yeah, I like to wrap up on a positive note here. Uh, Jamel and John just want to say thank you for all your advice and knowledge that you have passed on through Bruce Strong and the rest of the BN. Ever since I started homebrewing, I've wanted to work in a brewery and become a brewer. I heard of the Brewing Network six months into homebrewing and has really fast-tracked my brewing and fueled my passion to brew. This year, I finally followed your advice to get some schooling in order to apply to brewing positions. Halfway through the online Siebel course, concise course, an entry-level position at a local brewery opened up and fell into my lap. I was the only applicant who had any brewing education, let alone being a home brewer and newly certified BJCP judge. And it was, a sh- uh, and I was a shoe in for the position. I finally get to quit my day job sitting at a desk and start my dream career on August 11th. Uh, not a brewer yet, but the, I, I've broken into the industry and I couldn't be more excited to put in the time and effort and move up the ranks. Thank you. And the rest of the brewing network so much. Brew strong, Tim K. Nice. Um, this was August 6th of 2015. So uh, well into that career now. Right. So Tim's probably at this point uh, disillusioned, hates it, wish, wishes he never wasted <laughs> his life. <laughs> Shouldn't you guys be getting mailbox money from that? I mean, he's been brewing for six years now. Thanks to you guys. Uh-huh. Where's the checks? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the checks. Where's the checks, dude? No, um, it's good. You know, it's great to see that you know, the, the, uh, stuff we've been doing over the years has helped people. Um, you know, I, Indeed. I don't know that what we do is all perfect, but, um, it's all, you know, comes from the heart and comes from the information that we, that we know and, you know, we update it as, as needed and, uh, hopefully it's useful to people. Uh, I think it is. I think we all know brewing and, uh, mm-hmm. We're not hiding any secrets. You know, yeah. People like to hide secrets. It's like, oh, Jesus, you know, what's the matter with you? Just, just tell people what they need to know. So, yeah, that's the beauty of beer. We, we talk about it. We share it because we love the beer. As a homer, you guys are the single biggest impact, which is really like the multiple biggest impact on me as a brewer. You know, I mean, yeah. from, from starting off and, and starting to listen to you guys, I don't know how long ago. Uh, and having, okay, something's going wrong, but I remember that show. I can handle this. That's all been y'all's shows. It's been excellent. Uh, good, good. Well, it's been a joy, but it has to come to an end. Yeah. So much, so many minutes somebody can fit on a CD or a, uh, or a, or a tape in their car, I'm told. And so I, I'm right. supposed to keep these shows to an hour because of that. I don't know. Yeah, you know, rip out that that old stereo, put in something that has like a USB drive, and uh, get yourself a, a stick with several gigs on it. You know, you get like a 128 gig uh, flash drive. You could probably put every show we've ever done on that one drive, and then listen to that until you die. I'm just saying. Uh, there's there's a lot of over and over and over strong shows. There's Kenya Brewett shows. There's the uh, uh, the Jamel show, there's Sour uh, Hour, Sour Hour, there's the Dr. Homebrew, there's all that stuff. Uh, are there audio versions of your books? <laughs> somebody, somebody asked me to do that. I'm like, ah, oh, that would be great to hear it in, in your voice. <laughs> no, audio books. I mean, John's uh, book would have to be in John's voice, though. It's the only way I would buy it. <laughs> I could, I could read the yeast book, but it's just like, oh my god! I wrote wrote that shit. I I'll be so bored reading it. Like, oh well, it's, it's tempting. <laughs> what, what's the money involved? Yeah, yeah, that, that would be bucks. All I'll, I'll pay my three bucks to, to Amazon. So you guys get fifty cents. Yeah, that's right. about the size of it. Well, if you got fifty cents, it's probably be more. If three three bucks, fifteen, like three cents. Yeah. If there you go. All right. Well, thank you guys. Uh, thanks, thanks to listeners, and and especially thanks to the sponsors who are uh, making this happen. Dude. Uh, make sure you uh, you know like them on the social medias and. Uh, 
you know, uh, reach out to them. Uh, they're all great folks that really want to uh, help support home brewing, and that's why they're doing this. So um, they deserve your 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 praise or your support if you can. So uh, thank you all for listening. Till then, brew strong, everybody. Brew strong, everyone.